Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply this podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You made it. Checked out of office to check into the sweet views of this place where the kids aren't asking for the wi-fi mom can we go to the pool and when you're with amex it's not if it's going to happen but when american express don't live life without it this podcast is part of the sports social podcast network geico asks how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance of course you would and when it comes to great rates on insurance geico can help like with insurance for your car truck motorcycle boat and rv even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Episode 65, Season 8 of the Fighting Cup Podcast. Today I'm joined by Barley TFC. Hello. And we've got Filonius Phil. Hello. It's been how's, a while. It, how's it? Yeah, it's been a little while. And same with you, Barley. Yeah. Can we sure. sit a bit forward a little bit? We are gazing, get a bit cosy. Uh, back in the studio, in inverted commas, we still haven't got one. No. Although um, we are looking to, to move into one in central London. 
just making sure the costs are right. Anyway, besides that, um, obviously big win against uh, Brighton, although yeah, not nice. hugely satisfactory. It was frustrating in the extreme. Um, but before doing that, I want to I want to talk to you about the win against Man City over two legs. Because we were all in the same uh, same place, weren't we? Yeah. Um, me and Ricky did a, a pod the day after, <clears throat> which has gone down really well. So thank you for all the kind comments for that. It was literally before we were recording. I was like looking at Rick, and we'd had a had a drink. Well, I'd, I'd had a drink, and it was like ten o'clock at night. We'd had him round to my, my missus house. They come down. We was going to Longleat the next day. I was like, we've got to do it because obviously it's such a momentous mm. occasion. We have yeah. to do something. And he was like looking at me, I can't. And I was like, come on, let's just sit down and record. As soon as we started, all of the emotions of the evening mm. came flooding back. And it was one of the easiest pods we've ever done. We didn't have a running order, we just started talking. It was fucking beautiful. Anyway, obviously we, we summed it up pretty well in that pod. But I just want to get your thoughts on that that night. Oh, it was just absolutely mental. It went through, really went through it all. Um, I mean, when um, I think when, when Sterling scored the first goal, I was thought, oh, no, for fuck's sake, you know, got, got a mountain to climb. And then when Son equalised, I thought, well, this is it. <laughs> you know, um, we've taken the air out of them. And the ground, not, not the noises of ground, but the ground's quiet. And that'll be it. Yeah. And then <laughs> half, an hour, half an hour later, it's, what was it, 2-2 two, two on the night or 3-3 three, three on the night? Hmm. And I just thought, this game's batshit mental. And then when, when Sterling scores what we thought was a winner, I just kind of steeled myself. I thought, well, you know, this is Spurs. It happens to us all the time. Yeah. Never get over this. Don't want to get this far. Bought no players. I processed it all in my head. Yeah. And um, I think, funny enough, Vardy was the first person who I heard say VAR. He looks up at the screen. Because I'm, I'm just crestful. I look up. I see no one was looking at the screen, were they? You no, because like... I think Vardy looked up. It's, a, it's VAR. I thought... And then, he, then you said, I don't know if you remember saying, you said, it's offside. I thought, <laughs> and then I kept just waiting for the result to be confirmed. Yeah. And then just absolute pandemonium. What's, what's been great is watching the, um, the BT filter. Do you ever see that? They're doing this, this yeah, quality yeah, little really series. Good. It is so good. And, and it's at seven minutes, which shouldn't work on Twitter, but it really does. Um, and uh, they obviously have, they have cameras on all the fans. And the, the cameras on the City fans were just glorious. Uh, and I, I, don't, I don't have a lot of ill feeling towards City. I know what they Same. are and what Same. they've created and we got a great email actually um, with this guy who and I haven't got it printed out but we will do it in the future and it's saying that he made a really good case of why people should want Liverpool to win the league and he was talking about essentially about how Man City got their money and how unethical it is That and obviously we're going to talk about it but it, you know the, his argument is that just for the good of humanity, you shouldn't want Man City to win the league. But I, was, I respectfully disagree. Football transcends humanity sometimes. <laughs> Buddy, uh, what was your? How did you process those last moments? I mean, for me, it's probably my second favourite match I've ever watched in my lifetime. Was it first? Um, <laughs> Italy against Germany in the oh, semi-final, two thousand six. Uh, fair play, fair play. They, I'm, I'm talking about games which have everything. It has skill because obviously I've seen Tottenham beat Chelsea, which is amazing. Tottenham beat Arsenal. Tottenham win a cup and stuff, but that's different. I'm talking about a game which I could quite happily sit down and rewatch the full ninety minutes again because it has a little bit of everything. This wasn't two um, shitty teams scoring a 6-4, 5-4 like goal bonanza. This was two really good teams playing football, scoring good goals. And like T said, when um, when Son scored his second goal, I, I thought to myself, this is it, it's done. We've, we've got two away goals. Did, did, did you? I, I thought this is it. I did, I'll be honest, I did. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely over. didn't think it was done, but I just thought this is, this is a really good position to be in. Yeah. I, I just thought we needed, we, needed, we needed to score and then we had two goals. Mm. Um, I think had we not conceded immediately after, then I think <laughs> I think the stress might have got to um, Manchester City. But it, doesn't, it didn't matter. It added to the excitement. And um, when Aguero scored, I went outside. Um, I went out by the fire exit of the EV bar and I sat down outside drinking my pint. And I did what T did. I started processing that. You know, we've done all right. Quarterfinals, yeah. still top four. It's been a good season. David Alfie Ward came out, sat down with me, and I, I think maybe John Bass came out. It was a couple of people, some of us just sat down for five minutes just to kind of... Well, while the game was going on. While the game was going on, just to kind of gather <laughs> to our thoughts. Process it. And then they went back in, I stayed outside, and I was in a chat with Wendy and Nathan. And Nathan goes, no, there'll, there'll be one more moment for us. Yeah. And I thought, fuck it, I'm going to go back in. Yeah. And there was a fantastic moment for us. And there happened to be two fantastic moments. Yeah, because we were both with VAR. Yeah. And, 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 and often when you've got VAR, it's like you, you think the decision's going to be overturned. <coughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think 
maybe 80 90 percent of the time it will be overturned yeah and uh, i think had they had the referee had the other angle perhaps he would have overturned it but from the yeah. angle we saw it was clearly off his hip yeah and um with the aguero goal i don't know for some reason i just looked up as they were replaying it and I saw his toe was offside and I just shouted it's offside and VAR if it's a toe offside VAR yeah. is going to give it so yeah. I was confident it was, it was, it was going to be ruled off yeah it's amazing uh, and, and big news we're going to do the social for the Ajax second leg at uh, the EV bar tickets aren't yet on sale but we're sorting it out at the moment um, there'll be £5 and given how many people are in the bar we're going to have to be really strict on on who gets in so on the night, there's going to be security. Uh, we not not because obviously it's going to be issues or trouble or anything like that, but we just need to make sure that we don't exceed the limit of the amount of people that are in there. It yeah. was insane. It was it was it was too busy. It was insane. It was. Insane, it was. There was uh, we we think there's around 450 people oh, there on the night, which is probably only Arsenal was the, the same, but during it felt even busier than that. Yeah. And obviously the amount of celebrations that went on, it was Fuck almost you know. even more evident that. There was beer dripping from the ceiling. Yeah, yeah. And I'm always a little bit nervous after we've done them. We have like that explosive joy joy moment where beer goes everywhere. And I kind of always go to the bloke who runs the bar afterwards, like, is this okay? And, he, and he, to be fair to him, out of all the places we've done, they've often said, no, this we can't continue to do this. He's like, no problem. Because he's fucking getting shitloads of money. On the <laughs> he's never, he does, I bet he doesn't sell that much beer in a, in a month. No, and you know I mean, that's fine. We can deal with that, and yeah. as long as they're happy, everybody's happy. So yeah, they, 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 I would say I've received twenty DMs already. Ask people asking if they, um, if there are tickets for the social. People that don't even know what yeah. the fighting cock is <coughs> have found out about it. Quite so a few people asking. Right. Yeah. Um, so look, it will go on sale. Keep your eye on our, uh, on the Love Shirt Twitter, and uh, just cop a ticket as soon as you can because once they're gone, they're gone, and. Um, there will be a strict limit and strict entrance policy as well. I was going to ask him, how was Paul Robinson? I know the sound, the issues with the sound, how was he? Yeah, it was great. It was it was good. We had massive issues with the sound, so yeah, it fucked up basically. Um, so the, yeah, there was issues with that, but you know, it was lovely to meet him. He's a lovely guy and, it's, and like, thanks for fans bit for, for allowing them to come down and, and talk to us. It's a good thing. Um, another real quick announcement. Um, for those going to Ajax, uh, David Alfie Ward and Carl Donnelly are putting on a comedy, a Spurs comedy uh, sort of event, um, an afternoon of comedy, a very coyest comedy afternoon is what how David put it. It's at the Comedy Cafe in Amsterdam on uh, Wednesday the 8th of May, obviously 2019, 1pm till 3.15. They're both going to do a set. They're both insanely funny stand-up yeah. comics. It's going to be very funny. Uh, £10 a ticket, go and get that. This isn't a fighting cop thing, this is a David Alfie Ward and a... Carl Donnelly thing, but obviously because they're friends of the podcast, we're going to push it as much as you can. If you need something to do at one o'clock in the afternoon before everyone's like all fucking hammered, and you know it would be a, a lovely thing for all Spurs fans to meet in this one place and um, have a few laughs, get in a good mood for for the game, yeah. and then go out and have a beer together in whatever square there is there, Rembrandt Square probably. Yeah, um, um, I guess we'll tweet it. Yeah, we're going to tweet a link to uh, to, to to the show and. Um, yeah, and, and just have follow David Alfie Ward on Twitter if you want to know more, basically. But yeah, come down, show support. Um, you're supporting two big Spurs fans who are, are going to give up the time and do some funny stuff and create a good atmosphere before we go on to lift, or, or, or towards, sorry, jumping the gun there, to, to, to go towards the final of the Champions League. Fingers crossed. Um, obviously, we played Brighton last night. Yes. And um, you were both at the game. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Well, you were sort of at the game. Yeah, I, I watched a total of... Um... <laughs> 55 minutes roughly what did you get kicked out fighting yeah that happens all the time mate it to make me sit down so it wasn't having it mate wasn't having it at all but now half time an extended half time pint which lasted till 85th minute of the game <laughs> so um, what, what, I saw the goal what, what, <laughs> <laughs> what, what happened to you what, what, what was did you intend to do that or um, no um, so I go to Beavertown to have a couple of pints the Gabardi I go disaster actually and then, um, yes, yeah, so I had two points, and then I thought, there's no screens here, let's go to let's go somewhere with their screens. So I went upstairs, so on the upper level, yeah, there's the screens. So before I get to the screens, I see you know, Janie and yeah. a few other people I talk to all the time. Mm. So I was just chatting to them just the whole time, just you know, having a laugh, screenings in the distance. <laughs> Saw Janssen come on, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> And I thought, I should really get back to my seat. And I did a look at the clock, I was like, fuck, it's 84 minutes. Jesus what Christ. What have I done? Well, you've missed, you've missed one of the most frustrating yeah. 
Is Second half yeah. was, was frustrating. First half, less so because you, you kind of accept it as a Premier League side coming to, to Spurs, given where they are in the league, that they're going to set up defensively. I, I wasn't expecting them to be as defensive. I know against Wolves, they were almost similar. But, um, yeah, you, you missed uh, the, the, a, a just constant frustration that we've awesome. seen many, many times this season. They they were a disgrace. They were a disgrace. Because, you know, we've commented often about Burnley, um, Watford wasting time. But at least they have some kind of outball. They have some kind of uh, plan to how they're playing. This was, this was terrible football. And I hope they get relegated. And I hope I never see them again. Because that's... People paid 60 quid, 60, yeah. 70 pounds to go and watch a team. And you talk about small club versus big club. They spent fucking 77 million pounds this summer yeah. on on forwards and midfielders. Yeah. And, and they produced that. I, I, would, I would have fired Chris Hewton at full time. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's well loved by Spurs fans, but that display was... Dis- no, you can fuck off. Right. That, that, <laughs> that was really fucking shit. He's done a lot for the club, though. I, I mean, I, I, I will accept... If he does it against Arsenal and fucks up Arsenal with that, then I'm, I'm fully Arsenal back. Arsenal still got a plan? Yeah, I think so. They, they'll, they will struggle. I'm fully back on, but they, hopefully they won't be relegated by then. Um, so, look, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think there's there's ways to stay up in the Premier League without playing football like that, without fucking up every everyone's date. And I know like, I know that from their perspective, they don't give a shit about the fans in the stadium. They get, but when you are paying 60 quid to go and watch a team... Absolutely stink the place out. What about their own fans? You have a right to. Why well, their fans? You have a right to criticise in my, my opinion. To be fair, they got pasted five 0 at home um, because against Bournemouth. Yeah, I think they lost the next game probably about three 0 as well. They so haven't scored a goal since March. Yeah, yeah, so you've let in six games. Yeah. I might have it wrong. I think it's eight goals in two games of letting. Yeah, I, I can understand why they've done that. It's frustrating, but. I'm, I'm not mad at them for doing it. It's just we've just got to find a way around it. I'm not mad at them doing it. I'm just saying that as an example of, um, it, it's. I, I think it gets too much credit. Yeah, that's that's my that's my issue. You There's no there was no skill involved in that. Burnley. Well, I mean, there, I was, like, there was it's good understanding of the game and how to defend because they did defend well. It was very yeah. deep, but they, that box was impossible. I mean, but the whole point is having a. You, you're not going to stay up. By defending like that. I don't think so. Because you'll never score. And you, you don't stay up unless you score goals. I mean, there's a balance we found. Fulham and Huddersfield have gone down because they can't defend. Mm. But at least um, Fulham offers some kind of attacking threat. This, this, there's, a, there's failings here all over the place. There's failings in Chris Hutton um, because the, the, ultimately he, he's the manager of the team. And they've arrived at this point where they're have, having to play this way in order to give themselves even a chance to stay yeah. in the Premier League. But there's the, the bigger failings with the running of the football club at Brighton because... You look at other clubs like Eddie Howe and, and Bournemouth, mm-hmm. what they've done. They play football and they've stayed in the Premier League for three years. Um, Wolves, especially, have come come in and they've struggled, struggled against lesser teams who won't come out and play against them and done very well against... You know, we saw how good they were against both games against us. They've yeah. played well at, um, at Arsenal. Um, they've got great results. Uh, I think pr- pretty much played well against every top six side. Um, and that that is a worry that if Pochettino ever leaves, I, I kind of want... I kind of see him as a progression, a natural progression for, uh, for, sorry, a natural successor to Pochettino's reign at Spurs. But if he has trouble breaking teams down like he, he has with Wolves this season, then there's, there's kind of alarm bells there. Well, Wolves are I'm a bit of a basket case, though, isn't it? Yeah, a, bit of a special case. I, I suppose, but Bournemouth, Bournemouth from Wolves, I think, could be I think so. And uh, Watford as well. Watford don't spend a great deal of money, but they, 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 they have a, they have a style, they have a belief, and. Burnley, I think Burnley are a really good team to to compare Brighton to. They they even spend less money, and they're very dogged and defensive. But they still have two strikers. They still have two wingers, and they'll sit deep, but they'll attack. Bournem- uh, Brighton yesterday were winning the ball and then just punting it. Yeah. Hugo Lloris was. Pl- I, I'd love to see his yeah. heat map. It was like in yeah. the middle of the yeah, uh, yeah. Our half. I know he kept right picking there. up long balls off them. Yeah. Um, yeah, he I, could I, pretty much have just substitute the goalkeeper out and put <laughs> and put a full uh, a, a full time player there. Um, I, I think uh, I, I, I I don't know. I, I just it was it was a tough watch, and I didn't think the goal was coming. But there's been several times this season where I didn't think the goal was coming, and Spurs yeah. players have, have shown their willingness and, and never say die attitude. In the same way that we saw all of the top teams yeah. do previously, we the amount of times I've seen Arsenal score last-minute goals when they were in their pomp, and we're doing the same thing now, and that that shows a certain belief in character, in my opinion. The goal reminded me of Eriksson's uh, goal against Palace a few years ago when yeah. we were properly stuck. Do you remember that game? Yeah. Well, and he just picked it up and just pinged it in. 
He has got he's got form for for leg goals. Yeah, Pochettino said about how difficult it was, how well they defended and they were camped out in their box. At any one time, they had eight or nine people. When Spurs had the ball, they had eight or nine people in the box, pretty much, yeah. or certainly on the peripheries of the box. It did show um, how we missed Kane, though. That was uh, the thing that I took away from the game the most. That we we properly missed a target man who didn't just look, didn't just stay in the box, but came deep and created things. Lorente wasn't creating anything, wasn't moving yeah, into was, channels. He, he was, was very just, static. Yeah, he was. He was definitely. Um, but we were kind of, Pochettino like said, we kind of res- resorted to, to to shooting outside the box, and we have players in Son and Ericsson especially who um, can score from outside the box. Ericsson's got the most goals from outside the box this season in the Premier League. Is that right? Yeah, five, I think. Wow. Um, there's also a, a, for all the criticism around Ericsson, is actually putting up decent numbers again. Yeah. Um, and I know that's not everything, but it shows that he does deliver and, and does create these issues, even if he's having a an ab- abject game and it's difficult for a lot of t- players Spurs players to have great games when you're playing against this type of opposition when they're setting up the way, way they are um, I think it was a, kind of a mistake somewhat to, to play Lorente I think we've probably done better with a more mobile front line um, Son and Mora were really wide They're as wide as I've seen them play for a long time and I understand that because you, you, you anticipate getting much more space because they were so narrow and compact but I just think we'd have, it might have been better in a little, in hindsight, of having a little bit more mobility in midfield. And and I kind of I was watching the way we were approaching uh, Brighton and looking at the way Man City did against us. And when you realise how good a player Sterling is, is because and and, and Bernardo Silva actually, um, their movement when they had the ball in that final third was insane. Whereas at times we didn't seem to want to move or pull people out of position. Like Son and Mora weren't moving in the same way that Sterling and yeah. Bernardo Silva were. I think that's, obviously that's tactical. That's coaching. Yeah. And that's coaching and, and it's about, you know, uh, gambling enough to pull your team out of shape in order to create opportunity. But I would have been nice to see to see some more movement from Son and Mora. But anyway, look, it was difficult. You know the teams are dropping points against these sides all over the place. You only had to look across to Chelsea and Burnley and same night, wasn't it? Uh, no, no, night before. before. <clears throat> uh, you know, Man United dropping points, not just dropping points, getting absolutely thumped by Everton. Yeah. Chelsea drawing, Woolwich, absolutely beautiful. The weekend started with me kind of thinking we've got through to the semi-finals, we're going to lose to City. Mm. Everyone else is going to take points, and it's yeah. just going to be one of those weekends where we're going to have to face suck it. it up, we're going yeah. to have to suck it up, and it, it turned out brilliant. So I was having a barbecue for my dad's birthday in my garden, which is literally a hundred, maybe two hundred feet from Arsenal Stadium. And obviously, we're in the garden. We weren't watching football because dad's birthday, and you can't do that. So um, we were kind of watching the game, or listening, or experiencing the Arsenal game through the sound of the stadium, <laughs> and. Because Arsenal fans are so shit and quiet, we thought when Palace scored their first, that that was Arsenal celebrating. <laughs> and it was, ah, oh, fuck, it's 1-0. And my brother Ross went, no, that's, that was too low. That's, that's got to be Palace. And we checked. And it was like, fuck, it's Palace. It's amazing. <laughs> then um, everyone's just trying to get on with their, uh, their, you know, get on with my dad's party. Yeah. But they're all just kind of listening. And then you hear a roar from Arsenal. I think they went with one all, weren't it? Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck's sake, that's done. Then they went three one up, and it was it was glorious, and it, it was so enjoyable actually that way of, of of experiencing the game without actually experiencing it all. Especially it, coming off the when you looked at their fixtures and you had this down as a definite three points. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Especially because they've got yeah, like, uh, walls, walls away tonight when yeah. we, as we record, which yeah. is not easy. Um, I can see them struggling massively there. Walls are weird though. They are, but they're good against yeah. against teams that come out on them. And then you've got... Um, the whole stuff. system set up like that. You've got City versus United, then United versus Chelsea. So United potentially could be six points. They're gonna not, they might not get six points here, so it's... We, we're in an excellent last night position was, Last night was so important. It was, yeah. Massively. But then we've got West Ham at the, at the weekend. Which is going to be tough. Banana skin game, that. Yeah, they're going to be well up for it. Massively. Um, Janssen came back on the pitch, which... Um, <laughs> Sierra Dyer's reaction? No. I think Dar was just laughing his head off. Why? I don't know if he's laughing that Janssen come on. But when it seemed like, yeah, it seemed like when Janssen come on, that he was that it was funny. Yeah, uh, I think it's just a case of bunging a, an attacker on, getting another player in the box, causing confusion, causing cause confusion. He looked like, he... like a pitch invader. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't say I was happy to see him come back on. Um, he had that 
half chance where it kind of it defended well again. There was no... he, again, he shaped up wrong for that shot. He tried to take it on his left, his natural left shot. You know what I'm talking about when it mm. kind of bounced back to him. Yeah. By the time he shaped up, there was no chance. But there's no other attacking option on the bench, I don't think. Um, this is these kind of points where you need someone like Lamella to be fit and fucking available but he's, he's not so we have to turn to Janssen there's, you know there's not much else we can do um, we've talked a lot about XG on the podcast before and um, I, for, I for one having it, it, when it first came out gone this is shit I'm, I'm really really on board with it now. Mm-hmm. I, I love it I absolutely love it um, but explain this to me Barley Brighton had a 0.2 XG yeah. is that one of the lowest you've ever seen um, I don't know, but it's pretty low. It's like they didn't even have a, a half a chance. So it's like a, a naught fraction. I think it was probably Wanyama's kick. They, I don't even know Wanyama's. Yeah. I don't even know if Wanyama's attempted own goal counts for XG. I don't think it does. So it's that pro- is it's probably their cross that they had with the guy yeah. was nowhere near. Yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was it was a, it was a cross that no one was near. I think they had a header or something that like kind of plopped into Lloris. Um We we haven't talked about the City game actually. Uh, the the, the loss at the weekend. Yeah. What I took from that was a, again another quite kind of plucky performance from us uh, that we probably on another game would have taken the point away from it. Yeah. Uh, I thought I got a goal. Yeah, at least. And I, I thought it was, perhaps we used all our luck up on in the game on Wednesday, if the world does work like that. But I I, I kind of do. Is another one I came away with not feeling that bad, and you know part of that was because. Liverpool has more work to do, but the other part of it is the realisation that you don't win every football game um, and the performance is important. I thought Foyth was excellent. Was. I was really concerned about him. but um, So this is Foyth playing his first perform... Play, uh, at right uh, wing back. Yeah. I so, don't know he had that in him. No, I, I didn't think he had And he's still sometimes, he's a little bit too slow on the ball, but I, I, I appreciate what he's trying to do. But I thought defensively he was sound. He... He got, there was one moment where he got given a foul against him where he did brilliantly and he just kind of cut off Sterling's run and went across him and I don't think Trippier would have done that. Do you see potential in Voith then? Do you feel like he, he could be a part of our squad going forward? Yeah, for sure. I think if you... If, how old is he? 21, 22? Yeah. I think if you go out and buy a defender... If you go well, if you go and buy a defender of his age, of his potential, you're looking at a lot of money. Yeah, I think he's quite intelligent as well in the sense that he knows Sterling goes back to his right all the time and him and Sanchez, a lot of the game, blocked that off mm. over and over again. And that's where the first goal came against Trippier on the New York in the Champions League game. Checks back to his right, tracks it in every single time. Yeah. And they, wouldn't, they weren't letting him do that. I think, you know, at the end, he had the scrap of a tongue. That's probably a mark of his frustration because he was just getting nullified. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <clears throat> and and, and there's, there's some people talking about Foyth potentially playing in uh, as a CDM. No. Is that because he doesn't have the mobility? Um, or, or the physical prowess. I just, I just think because he's good on the ball, people just presume that you can just throw him in there. We've been saying that about Vertonghen for a long time. Yeah, I mean, he used to say about Ledley King, but then he got his arse handed to him by Vakami, and it never happened again. So, this is for England. Yeah. Um, so, so well. is that just a no? No, I mean, I mean, no. did you think right wing back? You could play right wing back. I didn't. And he's, I think he could play right back, but maybe not wing back. He's got the mobility to go to go up and down the flank. But do you think he he had a good game against City because? he wasn't expected to kind of maraud down the right and more it was about that containing Sterling. Yeah, possibly. He's got almost like kind of a Ben Davies fullback. He doesn't really have to get forward. And he, I don't think he did get forward that often. But he showed that he's defensively sound. And I think he has a future, definitely has a future at the club. Uh, West Ham at the weekend. A big, 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 big game. Uh, obviously, win that and we're, we're, it's done, pretty much. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no you, pressure. You, you'd think... Uh, we haven't conceded a goal yet at the new White Hart Lane. No. And don't you think that's incredible? Before we come to West Ham, how easy this transition has been so far. Well, it's 21 games in a row, isn't it? So, so it was playing in North London. Yeah. It's, we've won 21. We, we've not lost, or we've won 21 on the bounce. Yeah, 21 on the bounce. We've won 21 Strong games. Wins, yeah. Yeah. Leicester was the last draw. Southampton was the last defeat. Yeah. So, <laughs> the last season, season in the stadium, we won... We were unbeaten the entire season. Yeah, it was unbeaten. Game. And we drew one game. That's fucking mad. That's yeah. a mad statistic. Might have drawn two games, actually. But yeah. Imagine if we turned White Lane into the fortress we had it before. Oh, because our team isn't worse. It's not any... It's not. I, I wouldn't say we've improved massively, but it's not worse than that, that side that played there, I don't think. I mean, I mean, there's an argument there, but imagine if we have White Lane. Whereas Wembley held us back to some degree and everyone would argue that you know we, we, did, we handled that well. We handled that... 18 month period really well <clears throat> but imagine now that we're home 
that this is the fortress that it always was. Yeah. And the players feel at home and they feel like they're back at White Hart Lane. And beating us at, on our home ground is almost impossible. That'd be lovely. That, that's the foundation. I think, for I think Saturday is a real acid test <clears throat> in many ways um, for the new stadium. You know, a team who hates us, who will smash up the away end. I'd <clears throat> be glad if they don't smash up the away end. They need to do that. Yeah, that'd be nice. And a team who fucking hates us with a bit of aggression. That's what we need in the new stadium, just to see how the stadium stands up. If we all respond in song and wallops outside the pitch or whether. But you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? I was looking forward to Saturday as well, but West Ham had such a weird team. I mean, the Leicester game, they were denied a goal. Could have won that. Yeah. And then the last minute, Leicester equalised. Yeah. Just a basket case of a team. Well, Can't predict them. They, they're, yeah, they're in 11th. So they, there's, the people that finish mid-table in the Premier League are going to yeah. perform one day and not the other. And we've seen it at Spurs for so many years before Pochettino. Yeah. And for that period with with Redknapp. But, but by and large, over the last 20 years, we've been a mid-table club. And it, like it's such a cliche, but you don't know who's going to turn up. No. But we know that Man City, uh, West Ham are going to turn up for this game. They always do. I mean, West Ham, are, they're a team with individuals who... It, they, it's not a collective It's not a collective team. If um, Felipe Anderson, Arnautovic, if these guys turn up, then it could be a tricky game. But mm. if if Anderson has an off game, we could, we could smash it. Arnautovic has been... like they, they're, they're, There's a massive issue with him. He doesn't look happy at all. No, since, since the China kind of rumours, there's been, been a bit big issue around that. Um, Perez has looked good, surprisingly. They're, they're going to sell him as well, apparently. Yeah. Was, wasn't he on loan? No, they bought, they bought him. Fair, fair whack. Fuck you know, they bought him. Yeah. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's about, uh, again, about that midfield. Uh, I'm not sure if Sissoko's going to be fit. Probably not. No, no. Winks and Lamella are meant to be... Might be back, so that'd be yeah, good. I think if we had a midfielder Winks and Dyer, then we're in a, a much better position. I'd rather rest Winks for Ajax. Yeah, it's not a bad shout as well. Cause so it's, it's Ajax the week after, no? No, it's Tuesday oh. after. Oh, okay, fine. So, Play. so we're, we're playing West Ham, and then the next Tuesday is the game? Yeah. So three days? Yeah. Huh. What was there, wasn't there some rumours about the Premier League helping us out with us and Liverpool out of fixture change? Yeah, they brought the Bournemouth game forward to the Saturday. It was Monday, wasn't it? Really? Yeah. That's pretty good. Hmm. Yeah. I, mean, so I think I, I think have just given them the weekend off. I yeah, think that was... I don't, I don't yeah. have the weekend off, personally. I think that no, was... Um, I, don't mean I don't think it was quite like that. I think they tried to move it and the other team couldn't move it and they had no choice but to call it all off. Well, they, they could have said, you should fucking play. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I think the Premier League um, sucks off the top six enough as it is, so getting it moved back, getting it moved forward as a result. I Honestly, I don't understand why the Premier League would do anything. I, I, I get that there's the commercial aspect in the having coefficients, the brand. I can see why they'd. Yeah. Oh yeah. Actually, that makes sense. No, they should then for their own. <laughs> because you know, you know we've got two teams in the semis. It could have been three if it wasn't an all English tie. So. Yeah. So um. In just just out of curiosity, any of you looking? And we're going to do a proper, obviously, Ajax preview. And we're going to be actually talking to some of the Ajax boys that we spoke to on the podcast. Uh, and we're going to be talking to. Andy Brassel as well about how Ajax played them and how they've managed to conquer. You forget, we talk about Real Madrid and we talk about Juve, Juve but they also beat Bayern Munich. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a massive tie, but against two very good football clubs. So we're going to be talking to people who know much more than we do about these football clubs. But how do you feel about it right now? I've, I mean, st- I've still got flights booked for yeah. that weekend to Luxembourg. I'm still... It's about the final. Yeah, for the final. So I've still got an Airbnb booked for the final weekend in Luxembourg. I'm still running a marathon that evening. I've still got flights booked. I haven't cancelled anything yet. Right. Yeah. When I booked all of this in September and I looked at it, I was just like, Champions League final. Yeah, we're not going to be... I doubt we're oh, going to be no, there. No, no. So I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not cancelling anything yet. But are you going to cancel it if we get through to the final? Yeah, yeah. But I'm not going to... I'm going to take my leave. I'm going to try and go to Madrid. Yeah. Just turn up to see what happens. Um... I, so I'd, I'd booked to, I'd booked to to go to to Amsterdam. I said this in the last pod ages ago, like maybe at least two months ago. Booked to go to Amsterdam to make a film about this this relationship between yeah. Tottenham and Ajax fans, and obviously somehow we've ended up drawing them in the semi league semi final. Yeah. And this is not even like the fact that we even in semi final is something. The fact that we ended up playing Ajax in a game two days before I was supposed to go anyway. Is um is fucking madness. Anyway, I uh, my my brother rang me up, and I've just woken up in bed. And he's like, "Look, I'm on on EasyJet or whatever it is. I'm booking tickets. Do you want to go?" And in that first instance, I just went, "Mate, I'm going." Two days later, I'm oh, no, I won't go. And then 
two minutes later I rang back up after I'd come like woken up properly and went yeah book it uh, and then obviously I hadn't told my missus because she's coming out with me on the Friday and uh, I was I, I, like she's good as gold my missus so I was pretty sure she was going to be alright but the minute I started talking to tell her <laughs> all like the butterflies started going I don't know why because I just you know you don't you don't want you've got to gauge it like so that she doesn't think that I'm making massive assumptions that she was going to be okay with it. So there's got to be a level of respect about yeah, her feelings, yeah. but also in a way that means that she's definitely going to say, yeah, go on, crack on. Uh, so yeah, I, I kind of went through the mill in my own head and then yeah. she was like, yeah, yeah, no worries. I'll just meet you on Friday, which means 100% I've got to marry this one. Yeah, you might not make it to Friday, but... Well, yeah, this is it. And, 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 and what's, what's going to be interesting about this documentary now is will the relationship between the two clubs and even if it is real like it might be real in a minority of Spurs fans and a minority yeah. Ajax but if the, how tested is this relationship going to be because Ajax fans are not they're not they're not like like they're not Arsenal fans they're, they're a serious football club yeah. with fans that don't take kindly to people taking the piss out of their city yeah. and I, I, I know this for a, uh, for a fact, um, because I've been speaking to someone who, uh, sort of, I'm sorry, Spurs, you'll probably be listening to this, and he said, look, he, he, you know, there's, Ajax is fine, Amsterdam is fine city, but Ajax have some proper people involved. You know what I mean? They're, they're, well, they're yeah, I mean, potentially... they've got those wars of Farnold, and Farnold fans are mental. I mean, there's, there's even rumour that an old fans might try and come to Amsterdam and well yeah so for them it's a field day like it's, firm, it's like Christmas for, the, for their firm isn't it? and they probably have full of some Amsterdam fans trying to fly because there's this people just batshit mental so yeah listen if you are going to Amsterdam for the game then just just be in the P's and Q's I am I am going uh, I have no idea if I'm going to get a ticket um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it immensely all right, uh, we've got Wendy now to talk a bit, little bit about Marsh and how good, good a player he is, or how, how perhaps he shouldn't be even be no, nowhere near the, f- the first team squad. Cheers, Wendy. Yeah, Wendy, about to drop the fucking knowledge, blood. I see you. I got your back. back with the weekly youth update looking at our young players and players out on loan and there's so much I could talk about but I think what I'll do is just dip into a few key bits of information just to keep you in the loop with a few things um, firstly I'll start with the under 23s they beat Swansea uh, 2-1 a couple of weeks so well, 15th 15th April um, and the reason that's an, uh, a noteworthy occasion is that Troy Parrott scored both of the goals. I think they were his first two goals at under-23 level. And the first was a free kick, which he'd won himself. So sort of um, central-ish um, position. He curled it up and over the wall into the corner. Really nicely taken free kick. And the second was a really lovely finish where he just let the ball roll past him to turn his defender and then popped into the corner uh, very kind of effortlessly. And there's some uh, individual highlights of Parrots available online. I did tweet them, so have a look through my timeline if you're interested in that. Uh, I'll talk a bit about Marcus Edwards. So uh, Ricardo Moniz has taken over at Excelsior, who will be familiar with Edwards, I'm sure, from when he worked at Spurs as a skills coach. And Moniz has taken Edwards out of the team. I understand that's because Edwards has had an injury. So he's been playing uh, bit parts. He, he's, he came on at half-time in their last match. He was fit enough to play just a half. And apparently he made a bit of a difference, but they still lost the game. I suspect he'll be back in the team soon. He's, I mean, the thing is with Edwards, he's playing with a bunch of players who aren't that great. So he kind of stands out as the player they give the ball to to create something. But then it's difficult when you're doing a lot by yourself. In in a sense, he's suited to that because he is he can be quite greedy and he likes to sort of run with the ball by himself and, and, and not necessarily link up with others. But I'm not sure that's the best for his development right now because he needs to be learning how to fit into a team. One thing he is learning, though, is how to defend because, my goodness, do Excelsior have to do a lot of defending? And that's really improved his kind of awareness and defensive uh, capabilities, I think. So... Hopefully the loan has been good from that respect. And let's hope that uh, Muniz and Excelsior have a strong end of the season and that Edwards is involved in that. The last thing to say is a little bit about George Marsh, who has been involved in Spurs squads the last few weeks. And 
I would say that's come as a bit of a surprise to myself and some of the other youth watches that I'm kind of in regular contact with. Marsh is someone who's a very hard-working player, um, always has been, always will be, gets his head down, is a grafter. Uh, he, he doesn't have the skills, or technical ability of a number of his peers, though. And so I always find it slightly surprising when a player is promoted based purely on their kind of attitude. But I think... Th- there is something in that with Pochettino. He does tend to value how hard a player seems to be trying on the pitch really, really highly. And as a result, we've ended up with quite a few kind of workmanlike midfielders coming through under Poch. Even Philippe Lesniak got a, got a game under him. Uh, and, and clearly he was never destined to be one who would make it. So there is something in that. I, I think, I don't know, rightly or wrongly, I think it's easier for a defensive midfielder to actually show that kind of attitude on the pitch because by nature they are typically quite tenacious and, and perhaps that's part of what makes them into a defensive midfielder. So, I don't know, may, maybe Poch finds it easier to, to blood those kind of players for a particular reason. Maybe it's the kind of the, the ability to show attitude and determination or maybe it's just that he feels we're particularly weak in the area and so... Uh, it's easier for him to put central midfielders or defensive midfielders in the squad. But, um, I mean, with, with Winks, Skip, Marsh, Amos, we've seen a string of them get an opportunity. I'd like to think that Jamie Bowden or Harvey White might be one of the next because, unlike Marsh, they do have real passing ability as well as decent screening abilities as well. So, yeah, one to watch. Um, I, I don't think Marsh is going to be a long-term prospect at Spurs, but I'm never going to turn my nose up at a young player getting an opportunity. I think it's great. And if Marsh is being rewarded for good performances and training, then that's fantastic as well. And, you know, big fan of Marsh is a sort of combative, hard-working player. It's just that I'd rather see players with a, a bit more ability get a chance. But uh, beggars can't be choosers, today. Anyway, that's it for this week. I'll be back next week to talk more about our young players and I'll give a bit more of a loan update because a lot's been happening with some of our loanees. If you're interested in more on our young players and our players out alone, follow me on Twitter at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Come On You Spurs. Yesterday, or the day before yesterday, um, I shared a tweet that there's a Liverpool fan <coughs> with a smashed up face. Bad. And it, I was led to believe that he celebrated a goal in the Cardiff end and Cardiff fans filled him in. Yeah. Um, 98... I think over 9% of the people agreed with me saying, you know what, if you're going to do that, you're going to, you're going to risk a shoo-in. There's a couple of people saying, oh, well, you know, there's no need for that to happen. I'm like thinking, you know, the, if you go to, I don't know, Ellen Road or, you know, Cardiff over the stadium's court now. And, um, if there's it was a in Union Park and did it before. Yeah, there's some clubs you just don't do that. And I just think, um, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not somebody who's pro-violence, but I just think you just really just got to be sensible at football, you know? It's, it's, it's... Un- it's, it's stupidity. Yeah. So so for him to say that... For, for, I don't know what the guy said who got pasted. Yeah. But I, I, he took a picture of himself and his face was an utter yeah. mess. Like, it looked like he'd been... like Honestly, 10 bells of shit had been kicked out of him. Yeah. And I remember, actually, I listened to it on the radio because my brother's a Liverpool fan. So we were driving home from somewhere and he had the... And the radios and the commentators kept referring to some disturbances in the Cardiff end. Yeah. And if it was him celebrating the goal, if they just sit on him for no reason, then that's not nice. But if he celebrated the goal in their end, then... I mean, if you go into a Catholic church on Good Friday and start going, yeah, fucking, we've got Jesus, we've crucified him, <laughs> someone's going to smack you. Yeah. If you go into fucking Tesco's and start running around, fuck yeah. you, Tesco's, Morrison's. He's the bonnet. Morrison's. <laughs> Morrison Ultras. Someone might smack you. So to be expected at a football where it's quite tri- it's very tribal, it's very there's, tribal, there's yeah. alcohol, there's everything else. For you to stand up amongst Cardiff supporters... And They're start celebrating. You, you're asking for it. There's nothing wrong with wrong, wrong ending. Everyone's done it at some point. But just yeah. keep your fucking head down. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think like it's not. It's you're you're, you're disrespecting people. Yeah. You're, you're taking yeah. the piss out of them because they're they're fighting relegation. These games matter to them. It's not like Cardiff are mid table and safe, and it's just a day out. I know that there's a lot of Liverpool fans in that part of the world, but this is an important game for Cardiff. They had to they had to get something out of it. Yeah. So for you to, if they did celebrate and celebrate loudly, then yeah, deserve the shooting. Well, yeah, and, and like, just going back to what I said, it's like as a human being in life, if you take the piss out of another person or a group of people, it, it, it doesn't end well. Like, if you, like remove football from it. You're, you're, it's like walking into a pub and like filling up a, bird, a bloke's bird at the bar. Yeah, it's like, all right, 
you know, for doing something like that, should you get absolutely battered? <coughs> if you take all out of all, you know, all the context, you know, you, you say, oh, well, maybe people should be a little bit more measured. But the fact is, that's not human reaction. Human reaction is someone in front of you is literally screaming in your face. The vast majority of people will lash out and not think about what, well, not the vast majority of people, but I'd say a club like Cardiff, you're going to have issues. Yeah. And there's a history of this in football stadium, stadia in, in, in England of, of away fans getting pasted uh, in, in the home end. I remember Chelsea fans celebrating in the shelf upper. I think it was the, it was the game that Sol Campbell scored. He's, he's um, a debut goal for Tottenham. They brought him on as a forward, I think. And if you remember the shelf before it got knocked down, it was very steep. Yeah. And he was at the back of the, the, the top tier and he was jumping up and celebrating. And obviously because it's you know quiet in our end, because they've just scored, I just see him getting thrown down the stairs and getting absolute shooing. Like, absolute shooing. No one walks away from that thinking, oh, that was a bit harsh. Everyone walks away and says, that fucking idiot. What an idiot. You know, and generally in life, if you behave like a, an idiot, then um, life comes back at you. Oh, exactly. I mean... You know, I'm not saying that should happen every time, but that can happen. When it does happen, then I'm not going to have much sympathy for you because you know better. Exactly. He looked he, like he was in his forties, late forties, yeah, early early fifties, and and you know some people just feel like they've got a blanket against these stuff. It's like, it's like you know I've said this to you many times, but like if you like be, behave however you want, like be an absolute cunt, say whatever you want to anybody. You know, it's your 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 rights as a human being. But you've got to be prepared for the fact that a similar energy is going to come back to you yep. and you might get a shoe in. Um, there was a, a an article in The Sun talking about Spurs are ready to open negotiations with Anthony Joshua and Matchroom over uh, making uh, the, the, the new White Hart Lane a stadium that he can fight in. Yeah. Um, I think this is kind of going to continue. This would be a way for the club to make mm-hmm. much money. Do you, yeah, do you, would, would it be something you'd like to see to uh, Anthony Joshua fighting at Spurs? Um. That'd be nice. Um, I mean, at the old stadium, we had Bruno v. Bagner, um, the fatal Watson v. Eubank fight. So it's got a history of, of boxing boxing matches there. Um, no, it would be good. It would be a good money spinner. Um, I don't it's know what money, yeah. I don't know what Anthony Joshua's football leanings are. Um, what is from? Where's he from? South London. It's from Watford, Finchley. Well, hopefully, it's Watford. Yeah. That'd be. I mean, it's been said it might be Arsenal, but um, do, you know. would you have an issue if he came out with a like a Spurs shirt on? I would know. I would know why he's doing it. Because every, every time I've watched boxing in a football stadium, uh, one of the one of the fighters has come out and kind of give a nod to the stadium. So I went. Yeah. I watched Kevin Mitchell versus Katsidis in uh, Upton Park, yeah. which was one of the most challenging experiences in my life. Yeah. So it was. It was. It was scary. Honestly, yeah. it was. There was a lot of horrible, naughty people there, and a lot of West Ham Mill were intent on getting. Just kicking the shit out of each other. Anyway, uh, the gal came out. Who's an uh, is, he's an Arsenal fan. He yeah. came out and was doing the did, did a hammer, hammer the, the Irons, yeah, the Irons thing. But I guess Arsenal, um, Arsenal kind of get on with the other London clubs. Just Arsenal don't really get on with yeah, Chelsea enough. and West Ham. Don't get on, but yeah, Arsenal kind of get on with everyone. But um, I don't know. I mean, I remember um, Eubank wearing the Spurs shorts yeah, that did. night. Yeah, but he did that because what, Watson's a gooner. Watson's a gooner, and Eubank probably didn't really give a shit about. Yeah, I mean, it's Mayweather wearing the Man U top and mm. four hat and so. Just for those that don't know, actually, that night was a really bad one because Watson was essentially got. Uh, he nearly lost his life. Yeah. He, he ended up. I don't know, really, like brain damage, huge brain yeah. damage, and and part of the problem was that they couldn't get a um, an ambulance into White Hart Lane yeah. safely or, or quickly in order to give him the treatment he needed. And since then, all of the access towards boxing venues changed because of that. Yeah. You know, um, Ryan Sessignon is favouring a move to Tottenham Hotspur. Apparently, forty million pounds full and want for him. Um, I think that'd be three yeses. Safe <laughs> yeah. to say, yeah, it's going to fit the mould, isn't he? Hey, yeah. 40 million is a lot of money, but that's going price now for a young Englishman with potential. Do you feel like there is going to be money to spend now? No, oh, there has to it, be. It will be generated. Yeah. Um, yeah. When, when we did the, the, the money podcast... I don't um, listen to it because I'm, I'm not good at numbers. I mean, nor am I. I mean, just struggle through it a lot, yeah. of it, to be honest. But um, one, a lot of our business plan is based on being in Champions football. And I think Levy understands that he... We we obviously have to speculate at some stage. We've got to buy players in. This this squad isn't gonna. It's not gonna be the same. We're not gonna be able to keep this same squad for five years and continue to do what we're doing. No. 
Um, so there is going to be speculation. There has to be. And someone like Sessegnon, so young, massive sell-on value, massive potential as well. With Pochettino's guidance, it just makes complete sense. Like where else would he go? Yeah, I think it makes sense, but I think we're going to have to sell players to generate that money to buy new kind ones. Of like perhaps Trippier. Yeah, as I, as I said, there are three clubs linked to him. It's mental. I don't think it is mental. I think as, as much he's as... He's 29 this year. Yeah, but this is kind of peak. He's peak. <laughs> 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 uh, um, and I, I think that perhaps the reputation of Trippier is better amongst professional football than it is amongst the Tottenham fans. Most know nothing fans, yeah. Well, I'm not saying we know nothing. We probably... I, I just... <clears throat> I don't think Trippier is, is, is viewed is viewed by Pochettino as, as the vast majority of Spurs fans viewed. No, I think people probably think he's better than he actually is. Well, you watch him every week and he's fucking shit. Yeah. I think, um, the, issue, I think the issue with Trippier is that... Um, I mean, it kind of brings us, brings us to the Rose argument as well. That Rose is someone who... Spurs fans that love him really, really love him because of who he is. Um, I really love Trippier him. doesn't have that angle to him. All Trippier is is when he's on the pitch, so... There's no, so there's no protection for when he doesn't play well. So Danny Rose, I think, gets Palace, he completed 60% of his passes. Anyone else gets hung for that. But we loved him for it anyway. So I guess if Trippier, if Trippier has the same level of performances, he just gets it worse. And there's an agenda. Part of it, I'm rich, I'm part of it, I fucking hate him. But, yeah, yeah, you know, I think it's, it, was a little, it was a little bit unfair. I, I've some, swung from aspects. defending him all the time to now thinking, you've got to get out of my cup. Um <laughs> I mean, I'm a big Danny Rose supporter. I think you're a bit unfair about Danny Rose against Palace. He was playing out of position. He was playing in midfield. I was going to say that. Yeah. I was going to sound like I, was gonna, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, he was playing in midfield. He was, play, he was playing out of position, but he does give the ball away a lot. He doesn't use the ball as well as he could do. And as I was saying, some, in, to an extent, he gets, a, he gets a free pass that other players don't have. Because he does offer us more than what Trippier offers. <coughs> and he's a, he's, he's a far more effective well, he's an athlete isn't he yeah. athletes, a... athletes do well in, in a, in a pot team yeah, if you don't you need, well. he had a great game against Brighton as well I thought he was brilliant he was and you know, do you know I noticed the, a kind of full bloody tackle pretty much on their the, the, the touchline right at the end on the on the Palace goal line what, what do you call the line touchline the touchline but is the goal line but isn't is it, <laughs> between the goal and the corner flag what's that line called it's a goal line, isn't it? It's a goal line as goal well. Line, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Anyway, there, in, right in the corner. <laughs> was it the byline? Byline. Was it byline, right? <laughs> the by, no, the byline. This is riveted sides. conversation. The byline is the, the wing. It's the line between the post and the corner flag. That line, right? <laughs> so uh, their, their right back was going nowhere, and and Danny Rose like crunched him, won the ball, yeah. but obviously went out for a place kick, yeah. which gets us nowhere, but again shows a kind of mentality yes. within him that is kind of every ball is worth winning, yes. every single one, and. Thought, again, he just showed the kind of the mentality. I and I know the criticisms against him about kind of the articles and what he said and the time that he said it. But the way he wears his heart in, on his sleeve in interviews and, and he's very open and honest. He's that way on the pitch and he demands that level from players around him and is une, uh, unaccepted. Uh, sorry, it does not accept it when when players don't give their all. And as as much as he has tested our loyalty to him. He's also kind of done everything to regain it back by his performance on the I, pitch. I really love the guy. And, you know, I think he's getting back to what he was before. I do sometimes wonder how he feels about the adulation that that fans have for him. Because his fans don't merely like him. They absolutely adore the guy. He's probably thinking, get away from me, you guys are weird. <laughs> it, it's got to be an element of that, surely. It strikes me that is that kind of guy. He's not, he's not on social media. He, he kind of doesn't play up to it. He, yeah. he never kind of... G's the crowd up. Yeah. He never kind of refers to the crowd. He just gets on with it, really. I, I, I love him. I love. I don't think I've loved the player as much, or, or, or just not. It's not love, isn't? Because love's something you kind of when you're fifteen or fourteen yeah, or whatever yeah. it is you love your player. It's not that. It's just you look at him, and you think. I, I, I just, I just enjoy him being at Spurs yeah. because of his attitude. Yeah, and and he does have he does have ability, lots of ability. He does, and he's getting he's getting back. I can imagine um, when everyone starts singing, Danny. Danny Rose is just like fuck off, like yeah. stop saying my name. Yeah, yeah. I reckon he's because I reckon he's just being himself. I mean, even in the interviews about the racism, I think well, if I met him, I'd be like, oh my god, what he said is amazing. We really need, and he's like, well, it's just my opinion. Yeah, it's, just, it's not a big deal. It's just yeah. what I think. And, and and that's it. Is in, in terms of, in like in, in a world now, like social media world, but also a you know in terms of you know, footballers and, and what they've become and how they've become sort of social media icons and influencers themselves. The fact that he it seems to just 
just, just by his kind of demeanour back against that, is something that's really attractive uh, in terms of loving footballers for your football club. Wilfred Zaha has been linked as well. Again, never goes away this. Uh, Palace obviously going to want between 75 and 80 million, which might prove a stumbling block for Spurs, but he's 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 the one I want more than any yeah. other. Really? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I just feel I feel like I've said it before a few times, but I feel like his ceiling is insanely high. I feel like at a club like Spurs where he's going to get so much more opportunity, there'll be so much end product to his work that just think he's perfect for us. I, I think he could replicate bow levels of influence over Tottenham, I, even in this side. I'll tell you what, though, right? <clears throat> if that's a valuation for him, and there's rumours of Leroy Sane not being happy at City, and he would, it'd probably cost around that much, Yeah. who would you pick? Who would you pick? I'd pick Sane. <laughs> Sonny's better than me. But <laughs> I, I, I get what you're saying about Zaha. He could, he could be like an alternative to Son. And when Son is off form, you'd hope Zaha is there to step what, up. Be, is, he, is he better than Lucas Moore? I guess that's, that's, a, that's who he'd be essentially yeah, competing with. So. Yeah, he's better than him. He's better than the Mellor. It's, <laughs> not, it's <laughs> not just that, it's his physicality, his skill, undoubted skill and excitement would be incredible at Spurs to watch him at White Hart Lane playing in the Spurs shirt. I think it'd be incredible stuff. But I think he creates a fear. His strength and um, his durability on the ball is... I, I love him. I think he's going to be an excellent footballer wherever he goes. Yeah. And it will be a top six club or a top four club. He's got to move soon, though, because he's getting quite old now, isn't he? He talks about wanting to play Champions League football anyway, so it's 26, maybe. No, yeah, he's he's, if he doesn't move this season, he's never moved. It'll be this summer. You reckon? It's just how much... I think so, yeah. He's signed a new five-year contract. Uh, I'm sure there will be assurances that he will get the move if he wants it. He's not going to stay at Palace forever; it'd just be a complete waste of his career, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I think Tottenham's a perfect destination for him. You know, the thing is, if you buy him, do we buy Sessegnon? Buy more. Buy more. If you have to choose one or the other, who would you buy? No, forget just get both. Just get both. I think we're going to sign like six players this summer. We're going to have fucking shitloads. We've got to sell a lot, though. Yeah. Right. This. Right for the rest. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Christian Eriksen, a uh, new, uh, new long. Looks Spurs are increasingly confident that he's going to sign a new deal. You saw that kind of that, that, that video of um, Son talking and whispering in, oh, yeah, in yeah. Eriksen's ear. When we we'll say whispering, it was like you could hear it. And he said, "New contract." And I thought that was a joke. I don't think that was real. No, no, that 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 the. I thought it was a bit of banter on Reddit. No, no, no. Yeah. If you hear, if you listen to it, turn the volume up. You can hear him talking about it. So yeah, I mean, who knows? That makes me happy. Yeah, um, that's good. Sorry, but be quick about this. He must have been the most relieved human being in the entire planet when that VAR got called because it was this mistake. Oh mate, Jesus! <laughs> so what are you doing? Why have you given the ball away? There? But he tried to play it, didn't he? Yeah, he tried to keep control of the ball. And yeah. He, yeah, he fucked up. Yeah, well. And that's the thing: the criticisms of Ericsson would <clears throat> be always about his kind of commitment and he's willing to go through players or inability to even challenge a ball. Really, yeah. I, I would like to do like one of those um, moments you go on Twitter just to see because people would have tweeted immediately: "Fuck Ericsson, bull cunt, bull fuck," and just watch Twitter. <laughs> Watch Twitter explode and then everybody just deleting their tweet. Delete, yeah. delete, delete, delete. I mean, it's probably the opposition fans as well. They must have loved that. that <laughs> then all of a sudden Can you imagine the Arsenal fans when, when we scored that goal? That, the, the anger. It's oh, fucking beautiful. That, that's, that's what immediately... As soon as it went in, like, I was celebrating, but the, the, just the knowledge of Chelsea, Man United and, and Arsenal fans just going for fuck's sake. From that night, on, on my train home from Waterloo, every stop the tube stopped at, when the doors opened, I could just hear the, I could hear Tottenham songs singing. Yeah. It was amazing, and even the next day at work, there was there was like ladies who have no interest in football talking about this match. This was this was an epic sporting moment, yeah. and it, it's it's going to be talked about for decades. Oh yeah, yeah. Be, it probably is one of the greatest greatest ties that, that there's been. I can't believe people are saying no, but you're still lost. We won the tie, you Burke. Who's 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 focusing on that? Brain dead morons. The Spurs. No, that's best. Oh, right. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, username underscore also underscore in use Reddit. He says, I'm getting married soon, but can't stop beating my meat. Sex is very good, but whenever she's away, I'm a play. Please help. Don't see a problem with having a one. Yeah, what's the worry about? What are you worried about? Yeah, just, just keep doing it, mate. Just make sure you... We should say this for hold, the No Holds Barred podcast. Then he wouldn't hear it. Oh, that's true. All right, see, and he does need help, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, but no, there's no problem. It's, it's fine. I, I, I have a wank. And His wife would be happy as well. 
you know, sometimes women are a bit weird about that. Yeah, some women don't like it at all. Yeah, it's like, well, why are you wanking off other women? But, uh, you know, she doesn't need to know. She should never don't know. give me what I need, that's why. Oh, yeah, now you say that. Now you kind of... You kind of... <laughs> <laughs> she said, the sex is great, there's no issue, I presume you're always up for it. Uh, masturbation is a completely normal thing. People should... do it, I mean, I do it because I can, not because I'm missing something. Oh. It's a different experience as well. I'm not saying... If you plan a night out with your missus and not one out three times in that day. Yeah, like something to, about Mary style. Yeah, I'm not saying do that, but I'm saying just don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't talk to anyone about it. Don't talk about it. Just do what you've got to do as long as... It does annoy me when you get caught out, though. So you, you think you, you had... Have, no, you, have you been caught? No, not caught. No. But like you've had, the, you've had the afternoon, the whole day to yourself, so you've mm. gone at it pretty hard. And then unexpectedly, your wife's come home and she's, she's interested and you're like, fuck. Oh. You know, it's like trying to play five a side after doing a 20k run. <laughs> <laughs> you, you don't have any kind of oomph about you. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, RJ Joyce on Twitter he says, "Should Foyth start big games at right back over Trippier based on Saturday?" No, no, obviously not because certainly because Carl Walker Peters deserves to play there if anyone. That was a bit harsh actually, but yeah. What that Walker Peters didn't get a game on Saturday. Yeah, but it's done, isn't it? It's weird. It's a weird, really weird situation. That just give him a run of games, and if he's that bad, then just flog him. This is. This is going to get some money if he gets the game. Is that the new contract in? Yeah, it's very odd. Yeah, it's an odd one. I, I just feel like there's a player there. I feel like I can do it. So, so are you yeah. injured? Uh, he was injured. I don't think he's injured now. Jesus. Uh, John, THFC, on Twitter, he says, for years the scum have had this horrible habit of pissing off us at, uh, in the last-minute goals and always seemingly snatching points at the death. I feel that the superpower is now ours. Do you agree, lads? And what do you put it down to? Um, uh, it, a lot of it comes down to, like being able to do consistent pressure. So when Man United had that habit of, of last-minute goals, it wasn't because they got a, they got lucky. It's because um, your concentration of the opposition drops and it's, it's a relentless pressing. Like last night was continuous possession of the ball, moving it side to side, and eventually an opening's going to happen and you, you rely on players having the quality to kind of bury it. So it's nothing to do with luck. It's about con- like controlled it's... possession, consistently pushing and pushing. Like Barcelona, Manchester City... Against Spurs, they were confident that they would continue to score. If the game had gone another 10 minutes, they would have scored eventually because they're that good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What do you think, Pete? I think Barley's under up. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, um, it's a case of uh, being persistent and believing in yourself and just sticking to the game plan. And like, It's so difficult for Brighton to, to continue to do what they, what they did. And if you look at the goal Ericsson scored... The gap was quite big. Like yeah. for him, for a professional footballer of his quality, <coughs> to hit that gap isn't that difficult. That that wasn't luck. He went for that. It's a tired mistake. And yeah, and players but, are so know, tired of that. The goalkeeper, maybe goalkeeper, was I thought was a bit soft on it. He had had a very stressful game as well, yeah. and it happens in those last few minutes. Yeah, yeah. I just remember the days I've had in the red and we just have like thirty shots on goal and still lose one 0 Yeah, yeah, and this is it. And, and and he's right about the the kind of the Arsenal habit of, of scoring that late. And, and watching them, and, and we, we've been talking about it over the last couple of weeks when Arsenal have been down, Barley especially. We talked about it, didn't we? What's that? Where you, where you was, you, you, you're now. If they're losing, you don't switch it on. No, which is ridiculous. <laughs> but I'm completely on board with because I don't even. Every time I watch it, like Napoli, I thought Napoli would do them mm. or at least beat them in Napoli. But I turned it on and started watching it, and they scored. <laughs> and I was like, I try I immediately turned it off to see if I could bring Reverse it back. It. No, you, 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 you invested then. You've already you've, you've opened that sliding door. Yeah. Okay, that's it for the that's uh, it for the Fighting Cop podcast. Um, remember, with um, David Alfie Ward and Carl Donnelly are doing this uh, comedy show in Amsterdam on the day of the game. The link will follow this tweet on social media. Follow David Alfie Ward. Uh, that's his Twitter name on on Twitter yeah. uh, to, to get information about tickets. It'd be a great way to spend the, the game. Uh, we're about to um, we're about to record No Holds Barred. Yeah, it's part uh, of his first one. Is it your first one? Alright. No, I was bad if you don't know, is us talking about all things that aren't Spurs. And sometimes there are a bit of Spurs in there, but the vast majority is about actually what, what what's the main talking point this week about August Ames? Yeah, it could be a little bit. I've only watched one episode. Talked about Notre Dame last time. Yeah, we did. That's quite funny. Talked about knife knife crime. It's just a building, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a building. Uh, but this one's about the suicide of a, a porn actress called August Ames. And I've never watched you. Have you watched it before, buddy? No, 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 probably, maybe. I don't know. You probably have. Probably. <laughs> I have. I have.
Network. Sports Social Podcast 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 Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.